Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Without a healthy mind, being happy is hard. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny and see if online therapy is for you. What's up and welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Game Over Greggy himself, Greg Miller. It's like we're at a convention. I'm eating garbage, talking about video games all day Woo! long. Let's go. Feels right. Feels right. Of course, we have the master of hype, Snowbike Mike. Yo, what's going on? I had a blast today and I can't wait to talk about it. We have the new face of video games, Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Tim? I got my almonds. I've been eating these all throughout the stream and it's been great. Oh. And of course, we have the Texas Treat Latino Heat clicking heads and ripping them to shreds. The globe trotting head shotting from Twitch.tv. Andy Cortez. I can't wait to get my left thumb on that amber colored D pad for the Master Chief. Oh my <laughs> this God. This man. So good. Oh, Turn on so that good. flashlight, Andy. Turn Woo! on the flashlight. Oh, you can't wait to see it. Of course, this is the kind of funny games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. And man, there's a lot to talk about today. I can't wait. Uh, you can watch the show on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free, if you want to watch live as we record it, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like our Patreon producers. Oh, Mega Buster, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Elliot, and Tom Bach have done. We appreciate you all so very, very much. Let's get right into it, though, boys. We just saw Jeff Keighley's opening night live, Gamescom 2021. This is the third of these shows he's done. Is that correct? I want to say there was a... The 2019, 2020, there was a normal one before COVID, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so cool. Continuing that that legacy going on. Top level thoughts. Andy Cortez hit me. Had fun with it. A little bit weaker on the back half, uh, but I thought it started off insanely strong. I think the first half was just really solid all the way throughout. Um, a lot of stuff that I wasn't really expecting to see on this show, and I think it was a market improvement over yesterday's uh, conference. So thank you, Jeff, for bringing the hype because we had a blast. I had a blast. No bike, Mike. I, I got to say, Jeff Keighley really killed this one. I think we came off of the E3 one, and yeah, I enjoyed that, but I think we also kind of felt a little more ad placement, a little bit slower in uh, certain sections of his E3 presentation. I think he took all of that and really came out with a killer, you know, little showcase conference, whatever you want to call it, to kick off Gamescom. This was... Perfect. And it was a lot of fun. So shout out to Jeff Keeley for that one. Blessing. Yeah, I thought this was wonderful. I think this is, this was the best opening night live we gotten thus far. The the amount of uh, announcements and the quality of announcements we got here were really impressive. Uh, the fact that he got release dates for Halo Infinite and for Horizon Forbidden West, I think is really impressive. Along with announcements for things like Marvel's, uh, what's it called? The Midnight Midnight Alliance or Midnight Marvel Suns. Up. Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns. Yeah, like he I, I think th this was an excellent showcase. I think 
pacing things aside, the amount of things that were here, the 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 cool indie stuff that was here too, Cold of the Lamb. I thought uh, there was there was a good amount of really cool announcements here, so I think it was really good. Greg Miller. Nobody does like Jeff Keeley. Um, I think yeah, I think we're all gonna have the same kind of feedback, right? That in the home stretch. We kind of got uh, lost in the ads a bit uh, and kind of had a weak uh, closer there with uh, Death Stranding, a game we already know so well, right? That's not really a big, holy shit, one more moment. But I don't think that, and even that, and like I would say that final, whatever, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, that stretch there of it can overshadow how hype that first hour was. The fact that he was coming out, he was delivering, we were moving quickly, we were seeing great games. Not only were we seeing new looks at games you hadn't seen you're seeing things like saints row you're seeing things like the new marvel thing you're seeing release dates you're seeing all this different like it was a hell of a show and i think that you know the first half you know we talk about pacing all these different things for sure but overall you can't look at this and say anything but i I thought it was fantastic tim of course you're you're the one who comes in with such a you know the monocle on and the jeweler thing out ready to pick it apart in a good way what did you think of this yeah, I mean, nailed it. Like, right, this is this is kind of the the, the gold standard, and I feel like that standard's going to have to keep being refined. Obviously, this isn't perfect, but I think it is one of the most flawless video game showcases we've ever seen. Definitely the best thing we've ever seen coming out of Gamescom, but this is a perfect example of what Keeley's building towards, this one shared stage with all the big dogs. Nintendo wasn't here. They will be at Game Awards, you got to imagine. Uh, but for a Gamescom opening night live to be this good, to have this many substantial updates and announcements, so many release dates, so many questions, questions answered we go into these things for surprises and for for answers to questions we're looking for and i think that we got both of those from this obviously yeah there's about 45 minutes in here that is just clearly paying for itself and ending on death stranding is a supreme supreme mistake i think and and uh definitely a a weird weird choice Um, you know why though right i mean it's like let's keep i mean obviously jeff loves today hopefully everybody does but i definitely it, it is a hey for sure. We will end with that stranding. And then I want you to always remember how good I've been to you. So when we get to the next game, right, that I get to do the exclusive reveal. Totally. I mean, that's the thing that people need to understand. There's politics. There's so many politics involved with uh, the placement of things, like if things are even there or not or whatever. And that even falls into the bizarre Xbox show we got yesterday with so much information in this show that would have made sense there. Um, the Halo stuff was great here. And, I, you know, I think that there was a lot of fantastic um things going from the beginning to the end of the show there was like great announcements even if there was some weird pacing towards the end the pacing of the first hour is unlike anything i think we've we've seen in years at the very least like that the pacing reminded me of a sony in their prime e3 conference Mm -hmm. and that's that's awesome but it wasn't just sony stuff we're bouncing around from everybody um some major major announcements major surprises things that we've seen hinted for a long time coming to fruition that marvel game very cool very exciting stuff and and yeah i can't wait to talk about everything on a more Base by base, case by case basis with you guys. So yeah, I, I think this base cases. Base by base cases, baby. <laughs> I think this could have been even stronger than we all think it was if it just had some rearranging done sure. to oh, it. Oh yeah, like That's- put puts one or two of the really strong things from the beginning, like the Marvel, uh, like that, that big sense. Marvel game. Have that towards the end, and have that be one of these oh shit, wow, I wasn't expecting this moment. And then this show's great, but I just think it was so top heavy that it's hard to really compete with that first half. That's that's my thing is when I go to Nibel on Twitter and I read through his thread of announcements, I'm like, yo, this was an A plus showcase. Insane. You know, and it, it's hard it's hard for me to judge it based off of just the the placement of things, like Andy said. Like I, I don't I don't want to knock it too much because like the show is gonna be the show, but the fact that we got the release dates for right now, the biggest uh Xbox first party release 
and the biggest PlayStation first party release that are imminent, that's impressive by itself, let alone a big new Marvel game, let alone a bunch of other stuff, updates on games that we've been looking forward to, a date for Sifu. Like, there's, there was so much here that... Saints Row. Saints Row, yeah. And if the, if this showcase was, let's say, 45 minutes shorter and did cut out the the fat and the the sponsored stuff that we all roll our eyes at, roll our eyes at in the in the commercials and all that stuff... This would have been easily an A plus to S tier level presentation, but I think the fact of the matter is that you kind of have to have that stuff in order to justify even being able to put something like this on. And so I I, I can't get too mad at it, but with with the content that was there, this is a fantastic showcase. Absolutely, let's get into it. Let's start going down thing by thing. They started off with Saints Row by Volition, February twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. It's cross gen. Uh, bless you. Actually, got to play it, watch it. What happened behind closed doors? Watch it, watch it. So I, I, they did a behind the closed doors preview, uh, basically getting press in a room, a quote unquote room. It was like a Discord room, uh, <laughs> and basically gave us a pitch on what the game looked like. They showed us the trailer that everybody saw. They also showed us a bunch of gameplay and went through Ooh. what the game is. And so most of what I know is now what you guys know as well, which is it's a reboot, takes place in a town called Santo Aliso, which is in the American Southwest. And it, I think it looks really awesome. I was curious on what the reactions would be based on it being a reboot. And I don't know if anybody here are Saints Row people or if you have any opinions on it being a reboot. But You are me, a Saints Row person, right? I am, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, Do you have but, an opinion and, on it being a reboot? Do you like that? Do you hate that? I was nervous about it at first. Like when they when they told us that, I was like, "All right, we'll see." Because I know people love Johnny Gat. I know people like the story. I know people like the towns. I think they brought it they brought it around in a really good way. Where the fact that it's a reboot means that they have total creative freedom in terms of what they want it to be. Because Saints Row in the last few games kind of got away from itself in a way that a lot of people like. Because in Saints Row Four. You're playing a character that has superpowers. You're the president. You're doing all this crazy shit. And the places the places that that game goes, I think, lends a lot of questions of, all right, where do you go from here? Because, like, you've already given us superpowers. We've already had alien invasions. I've already become the president. Like, what do you do for Saints Row 5? Once and Ludacris think, and Tyrese go to space, where do you go next? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, it's it's that type of thing. And I think taking it and being like, all right, let's go back. Let's go back to Saints Row 2. Let's go back to what people appreciate about this game and kind of redefine what it is. I think it's going to do a lot for it. And watching gameplay, it feels like it harkens back to what people did like about original Saints Row. Like watching it, there are so many comparisons that I felt like I could make to GTA, especially GTA San Andreas and even GTA 5 in terms of it being Southwest uh, in terms of setting, it having diverse locales and environments, it being somewhat of a desert you know with a city and again different environments in there it's for me it 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 spoke to spoke a lot to it being gta like but then also it being grounded and it kind of going back to the roots of hey this is saints row like it's the humor you know it is fun it is not gritty it is not serious it is us doing what we love about saints row but it's in a way that is back to the basics i think it's going to do a lot for it and i think what they're the way they're approaching the game for writing and tones seems like they're going for hey how do we make a saints row in 2021 because for me another thing when it comes to the saints row franchise is that that series is so rooted rooted in the humor and tone and comedy and a lot of that a lot of that has been over the top and 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 in some instances like offensive and crazy and they try to go for it with that franchise but i would say that with this new saints row reboot 
it seems like they identify that and they're trying to build a story around that because the whole premise of the story is that you play as the boss which is a customized character i, I, knew, I saw people going back and forth about that. uh there's a character creator and so it's like the previous saints rose saints rose where you're creating your own boss uh but you and your friends are making a criminal enterprise from scratch and they're liking it to a startup and the kind of the, the kind of struggles that your characters are going through are the kind of struggles that you would expect for i guess like a millennial gta in 2021 if that makes sense where like it's it's about people dealing with student loans it's like people <laughs> achieving the american dream is that it's is that kind of thing which i think is a clever angle for it and so they they have a lot of that stuff going on and i think i don't know so far with everything i've seen of it i'm looking forward to it despite it being a remake and i know one, one of the questions that press asked them about it was hey like are there going to be references like is this in the same world like are we going to get any sort of returning characters and they very much made the point that no this is fresh from the ground up like this is a this this is a new story you're going to get easter eggs that are going to be previous saints real stuff but this is pretty much brand new from the ground up very interesting. That sounds it's cool. A, like I like uh, this the crazier Saints Row. Uh, I never I never connected to the Saints Row. I enjoyed them. I thought they were awesome and big, you know, blockbusters. I understand why people liked them. I talked about this, I think on Games Daily the week talked about this of the one it was three right that opens with you jumping out of the plane doing the mission then going back into the plane or whatever like all through skydiving like it was awesome there's a whole bunch of cool shit in it. I'm I I was surprised watching the little bit of gameplay they showed how good it looked. And I did make the comment on the stream, right? Of like, oh, well, I guess my perception of what Saints Row looks like, right? With a bit more blockier, harsh edges is based on the fact that it's been a while since we had a real Saints Row game, not yeah. just something that's remastered. Like Saints Row 4 was on the PS3, right? To put that into perspective, they, they released the remaster on PS4 and then they also had Gat Out of Hell. But the last mainline Saints Row game was two generations ago. And so watching gameplay here, wow. I, was fairly, I was fairly impressed by, yeah, how good it looked. Uh, it gave me vibes of being way more of a sandbox than ever before. It, mm. it seems like they're going for the. Would you saying something? Because that game was always a sandbox. Yeah, the game that game was always a sandbox, and it seems like they're doubling down on that by not just giving you the regular city that you're getting out of a Saints Row game, but by uh, creating variety in terms of how you get around and the kind of weapons you're getting. Like they they talked about how like in certain environments, like in the city, you might be able to use you might want to use a wingsuit. And like jump off a skyscraper and go crazy in that way but when you're out in the desert you might want to ride an off-road vehicle right or get a get an atv and go that way and i think that type of stuff again lends it back to for me to, uh harking back to something like gta san andreas which i view as a good representation re representation of that in terms of, of a open world taking place in the american southwest like that for me is the 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 template for different environments sandbox go crazy do chaos all that stuff the more i watched the gameplay here the more i thought about san andreas which got me super hype that's so exciting because we haven't had anything like that in a new way in a very long time and we already mentioned on that reveal that one of the few reasons why i was having a decent amount of fun with watchdogs legion was because man i miss this open world city stuff i miss causing chaos and seeing what sort of uh fun i can create on my own with setting up a car here letting it go waiting for traffic to to really back up and then placing a bomb here just seeing what kind of like explosions can really happen and we haven't had that in such a long damn time with gta 5 coming out in 2013 it's just been it's been a minute since we've been able to do that in a new fresh way so this is really exciting 
and it feel it feels like they're acknowledging that to some extent too. Like everything they everything they said about Saint this new Saints Row gave me the idea that oh shit they know they know that people want more gta like obviously gta 5 one of the best selling games of all time like that game is a money machine and i don't get the vibes at all that they want to make a gta online but they did talk about multiplayer there is uh two-player co-op where you can drop in and drop out and so i think that's going to be exciting for a lot of people but in terms of what this game is you know i mentioned earlier uh, uh it being like a millennial gta and i mean that in the sense that you know it is like in gta historically you're getting characters that are older middle-aged gta 5 you're literally playing as three middle-aged dudes uh you know gta 4 nico franklin wasn't older. middle-aged frank franklin was older than like 20 though you know like sure, in 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 this one you know i don't know i don't know the exact age ages for all the characters here but they seem to be more on the i guess now that i think about it 20 is in middle 20 is a millennial anymore isn't it 20 is is gen z the characters in this game though do seem like they are on the younger side and these kids to... use tiktok is what you're saying these are some TikTok they might, they might use TikTok. Row gang members we, these kids are starting startups like they okay. are they, they, okay. they have like almost tech bro vibes to them except sure on the criminal side right these like, kids are sure. like what's up with the housing market what the fuck is going on man you won't <laughs> fix the mortgage crisis we will <laughs> it's that exact thing though like that is that is exactly the tone that they it seems like they're going for and they're doing that in a comedic way in a way where i saw when i said millennial gta there were a few people in chat they're like oh i don't know about that they're they're making fun of all that right like it is them leaning into the humor of it because it's it is not a cringe real. sort of yeah, like and who knows? Should have played Watch Dogs too, because this is starting now. You're starting to make it sound like Watch yeah, Dogs. Yeah, all about exactly. I mean, it oh. might be. Yeah, I didn't play much Watch Dogs too, God but from what goodness. I what I know about Watch Dogs too, I fell off of Watch Dogs too. I just didn't enjoy that much. But from what I know about Watch Dogs too, I would say yeah, I think the tone is somewhat similar, less tech. Uh, it is this one is grounded. Uh, they did specifically say that there's not going to be alien invasions and all that shit. Like this is a <laughs> grounded. This is the grounded Saints Row game that people who maybe played Saints Row 2 or Saints Row 3 are looking forward to, right? That same level of chaos, the same explosions, the same ridiculousness, but they're kind of leaning back from the superpowers and the aliens and all the shit that turns Saints Row into Crackdown, basically. Speaking of superpowers, next up they announced Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, this is coming March 2022. We're going to get a gameplay something or other September 1st, so not, not too long. Uh, development of the turn-based role-playing game is led by Jake Solomon, designer of XCOM, Enemy Unknown, and XCOM 2. It's a turn-based RPG that shares zero mechanics with XCOM and won't include permadeath. This info comes from Polygon. Um, there are Marvel characters, including Iron Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Blade, Nico, Minoru, Magic, Robbie Reyes as Ghost Rider, and wolverine all as playable characters there'll be a total of 13 allied heroes and all drawn from the avengers x-men runaways and beyond um pretty pretty interesting greg what do you think about this i'm stoked yeah uh you know i enjoy xcom uh and i can't i'm not gonna say i love xcom because i haven't played one in a long long time but when xcom came to consoles back on ps3 360 really enjoyed it we got to talk to jake solomon on up at noon and other ign videos uh they have a great head on their shoulder at for access and so to see them take whatever their learnings are and you're saying it's not xcom combat based right but it is a tactical rpg you're doing over there i'm interested to see what that looks like and i'm interested to see you know in the same way i always compliment marvel games on the idea of all right cool we're not going to make the games anymore we're going to take our 
RIP to people who do really cool shit and have them work on the games. We see that, you know, be beneficial in a lot of different ways, whether it be in Sonic Spider-Man, whether it be the, the hype we have for Guardians of the Galaxy right now, or the fact that, yeah, for Axis, a, a company that I think has been making, uh, obviously dope-ass games for a long time, but making niche games. What does this look like when they get their hands on this? And I know, you know, I saw a lot of people, now I don't want to say freaking out, but there was a couple of people when I, I tweeted about it and I was all excited because, of course, you play the hunter in this, right? It's a new superhero. It's who's been revived from the dead in the trailer or whatever. That's who you're playing as. So you're not playing as the other Marvel heroes. And people are like, Ugh, why would I want to play this game if I wasn't them or whatever? I don't have that takeaway from it, from what I saw. Like, I like the idea of getting in there and being a new thing and it, finding out what my powers are why they needed all this stuff what do you got for me tim you're making a bunch of well, the, this article says they're they are all playable oh okay i'm just going off of i mean we were live so i'm going off of the fact that we were told in the thing that you're playing as the hunter and uh that then people were bitching at me online about like not wanting to be the hunter uh yeah. i think that's cool i'm excited to see how it all plays out and how these relationships and things that jake was talking about in that video uh, after the fact uh go through and you know uh mutate off of that for lack of a better term right uh the outfits look really weird it looks a little too goth for my taste but i'm sure that i have cosmetic options and choices to make there that maybe i don't look uh like that but hey ghost riders in it so why not yeah that's my thing is like you know the the look it kind of feels a little injustice to me uh yeah. more than i'm used to with uh with marvel but i love that they're going this midnight suns route like i love that it's not the the mcu marvel that we've had for, for sure. the last like 10 years when it comes to the games and like you know the the choices that were made of like lack of x-men or or focus on characters because movies are coming out and all that this is then really just like let's get weird and go to a corner of the universe that we haven't really seen in video games for a while this reminds me character wise more of the like honestly like super nintendo genesis era of marvel of just like yeah hey fuck it like weird characters that you that don't have a movie necessarily you'll be able to to see them and, and play with them so that's kind of cool and jumping off what you're talking about greg with the xcom stuff like xcom the gameplay is superb and it's there but i kind of want an ip wrapped around yeah. it and that's why you know mario plus rabbits kingdom battle like sat with me so well and to take this and to take marvel and to take a again different side of marvel so it's not just the same kind of cookie cutter with familiar and done this a million times look like i'm really really excited for it and it coming to all consoles like that's kind of cool like everything ps4 ps5 pc steam epic game store xbox one series x and switch like all right yeah i'm excited to see what this looks like uh, thankfully we don't have to wait long to see it obviously uh world premiere gameplay september 1st so yeah I'm, i, I want to see what this game's all about i think this is one of those announcements though that uh maybe the hype is lowered if you do show gameplay because sure. of the inherent nature of what tactical RPG combat looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Tactical yeah. RPG would look like. And I think they were so better off not doing that and just showing this and having that hype be as high as it was. Uh, Cause usually that, that tends to happen whenever, all right, let's get into the gameplay and we have so-and-so sitting over here to the left Let's go through the options and the combat. It's just like, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the sizzle reel was perfect, and it was, like, really hype. Exactly. Any last thoughts on this before we move on? Uh, I thought it was a great reveal. I thought it was super hype, super cool. Uh, I look forward to gameplay. Uh, once we see the gameplay, then I'll really know if this is going to be a game for me. But, of course, you put anything Marvel-related, people are going to get super excited about. Put them in the black and yellow suits. Everybody's going to go lose their mind. So prove to me in the gameplay. And then we'll go from there. But it looks dope. Also, shout out to Nibel Online, who spelled it Fire Access as well. Mm. So it looks go. like I'm not, not super not wrong there. 
not alone. Uh, next up, we saw Call of Duty Vanguard, November 5th. We saw a, a level written by our homie, Belinda Garcia, which is super cool. Woo! Uh, but yeah, again, Call of Duty single players, they just don't miss, man. Some of the highest quality, just like big, like Andy was saying during the live stream, like big blockbuster movies that you get to play. So this looked really cool. The scale of it's there. And, and uh, there was that one scene where they're running through and everything's just the bombs are popping in, smokes everywhere. It's like that was really intense and, and a very cool video game moment. Super stoked for it. I will definitely be playing that, especially because I do think of some of my favorite stories and yeah, I think of Band of Brothers, I think of Saving Prior Ryan and I just I love kind of World War Two stories in that that um time frame. So I'm definitely excited to check this out and see how see if it holds up to what that trailer showed. Cause that's always the the thing. Is it gonna look like this? Like I know it says gameplay, but it, you know, how much is sort of like you know, how, how much of this, this is sort of dressed up in a way, you know? Yeah, like how choreographed is this? I really yeah. like that first half of gameplay they showed. Like the whole thing looks really good, but I, I like the the slower aspect of you playing as I believe her name is Paulina, who's the world's deadliest sniper. Uh, I, I I love the fact that it seemed like that was way more slower in plotting and you're like taking out people one by one. For me, that spoke to me in a way that when I see Call of Duty campaigns, they kind of blend together because it is military action and there's so i feel like there's only so much you can do with that this one felt like a breath of fresh air for me uh in, in the last few years that we've seen the call of duty campaigns and so i want to try this one out for sure I, i'm all in for this i'm really excited about this i can't wait i know a lot of people are split on going back to world war ii and that kind of era but i think like andy said i actually really enjoy the stories that get told in that and kind of bringing us back to the old school i get lost in the new modern to futuristic stories that they've told before and to hear what this team is doing from the composer and the music to the sound design and the lighting like andy brought up to what this gameplay will be i mean this is one of the big three right coming out this fall and this is going to provide a blockbuster epic campaign that battlefield isn't going to bring out halo totally different with what that's going to be and so yeah for me i'm all in on call of duty i look forward to seeing not only the campaign, but what also the multiplayer is going to bring. They're touting a, a brand new mode in Champions Road, which will be a very fun competitive arena type feel that's mixed with the Battle Royale that I think a lot of people might latch onto and get really interested in. And of course, those details we can go more in depth for. But uh, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait. I'm also very interested to see, interested to see how Sledgehammer and how the sort of marketing campaign continues to try to not include activision not talk about activision yeah, you know, um, <laughs> yeah like i don't i i, I wonder you, you know they've they've tried their best and i think there's only been one mention of activision because you have to have that logo there with the copyright uh near one of the trailers that was showed last week i believe um but yeah we'll, we'll see what happens with that because activision very shitty and we hope that uh we hope that I, I don't know. Can I even enjoy this game? That's another thing. That, that was the question <laughs> I had uh, coming up to this thing was like, okay, are they going to have Call of Duty at opening night live? Because a few weeks ago, the, the Activision Blizzard news stories were legit happening daily and we legit were the biggest game news uh, at the time. And I feel like a lot of that has calmed down so much in a way where by the time I we just got talked here, about it right now. I just talked about games daily today. Today's the headline of them shredding oh, okay. documents <laughs> and the lawsuit expanding. But even, but, even uh, still, right? Like by the time we got to this week, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess you could theoretically do it at that opening night live because it wouldn't, uh, the, the comments wouldn't be as big of a trash fire. I think there's still going to be a trash fire. But yeah, I think I'm with Andy, right? Where it's so complicated going into it. And I think it's just, it's just a thing where, 
there's 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 so much gray in it and so much nuance in terms of us talking about how how the homie Belinda is writing on it and Alexa Ray is, is writing on it as well. And like, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the campaign seeing the amount of diverse voices and diverse people that are working on the Call of Duty campaign. Like I saw that being tweeted out a few weeks ago and I was like, oh shit, that's a really exciting thing. But then you get to the other side of higher ups at Activision being shitty and mistreating their employees. And I think, you know, you gotta you gotta take I, what like you, you got to take your own feelings into it with you and figure out like how you react to to that. But I told I totally get the difficulty with it, Andy. One uh one more thing. I'm pretty. I know we talked about that intense and real stuff right there. To go back to the game as well. You know, I am looking forward to a lot of people putting their hands on this from this group. Right. You have Call of Duty Zombies being worked on as well, which is going to be like you know, a big deal to a lot of gamers. Call of Duty Warzone will be integrated into this new multiplayer, new campaign. I mean, this Call of Duty is going to be a full package at launch, bringing a lot of features for a lot of gamers and one of the biggest games on the planet for a reason. So I look forward to seeing what they got. Absolutely. Uh, moving on from that, we got Halo Infinite, boys. Uh, December 8th, 2021, it's releasing both campaign and multiplayer confirmed. Uh, no co-op. Uh, they also announced the 20th anniversary edition of the Xbox Series X Halo themed, and that's coming November 15th on the 20th anniversary itself. And they also announced the Elite Series 2 controller that Mike and Andy absolutely lost their minds over. But <laughs> we get, we're proud to confirm they both have them pre-ordered and, and they are ready. So congrats, boys. Uh, Mike, let's start with you, Mr. Xcast himself. This is a big deal because, you know, we're coming hot off of what was the Gamescom 2021 Xbox stream yesterday, and we were all pretty down on, you know, talking about the back half of the year and your big temple titles and one of them not being here. And, you know, understanding like Jeff Grubb put in of like, hey, Xbox is playing nice with Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley wants to make this all-encompassing event. And so to put Halo in here is a really big deal. And to have what is going to be the multiplayer free-to-play and them telling a story of what we're seeing with this Commander Lorette over on this side it's going to be really really exciting so that fun cgi cutscene that we got to see like the story and how she came to be and then also the release date and along with the hardware to celebrate 20th anniversary i think they really knocked it out of the park and this was something we talked about of like no halo what the heck is going on well here it is and it has a release date that i look forward to talking about with you guys because this is one as well we're not getting a full halo right this is a partially given out halo that's supposed to be a live service platform so it's going to live on, and they're going to add a lot of things coming on. But they also planted their flag pretty far away from the quote-unquote like main holiday period and also far away from Battlefield and Call of Duty, which are coming out October 22nd and November 5th. So they're a full month away from these two big games right now. Will that be good? Will that be bad? We always have these conversations of how much time does the audience have? How much can the consumer put into your microtransactions? Who will keep the big pot of the pie here. And all three of them are going to come out within the same window right now. But Halo has chosen, you know what, we're going to get kind of far away from them and let these two do battle. And they're also coming at it with a different model of a full free-to-play multiplayer that has never been seen before, you know, with the Halo world. So I'm really looking forward to it. Little disappointed that we avoided campaign once again. It seems like this campaign may be coming in real hot. And so either we're avoiding it for stories or it's coming in super hot. But either way, they have done a good job over these past, you know, three, four months, this whole summer of like Master Chief is not being promoted here. We're showing off the multiplayer. We're giving you a multiplayer story. And that's about it. So I look forward to seeing what this campaign is all about, because, you know, I, I have read the leaks. I know what's going on. 
I, I look forward to seeing if they're going to nail this. Andy Cortez. I haven't read anything about the leak, so I don't <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from all of that. Um, I, yeah, I was kind of shocked to sort of see that little vignette with the with the captain commander, uh, the lady who runs sort of that training ground. I thought we'd see a bit more of whatever this campaign is going to be, but it does. We did have a couple of people in chat mention that they did say we wouldn't see more on the campaign until December, whatever it was, like leading up to it a couple of weeks beforehand before the game releases. Um, love the controller. I bought that. Very excited for it. Bought the console for my brother. Very excited for him to have that. I'm just excited we got the release date. I'm excited we got it. I uh, Up until yesterday, the big sort of complaint that I kept saying was, yesterday was a disappointment, but Microsoft needs to get out ahead of that and say there will not be news at Xbox Gamecom, Gamescom. And then we go, well, hopefully the next day. So then we sort of prepped for that disappointment. And I, I wish that would have happened. But today was a really nice uh, surprise to have that, even though it got leaked. And that's 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 going to happen. What isn't going to get leaked nowadays? It's exciting. I'm stoked for this campaign. Uh, I can't wait to check it out. Uh, and unfortunately, I will be checking it out all by myself because there's no mm -hmm. co-op. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm really... I'm concerned about the campaign, and I think that I know they have a couple months to show it off, but they've had a couple of years to show it off at this point. The last time we saw it, it was really rough. No co-op at launch. Launch is a, is a bummer uh, for sure. I would definitely rather play with you guys than, than play through myself for the first time. Uh, but besides that stuff, multiplayer, they've proven it looks fucking awesome. It plays fucking awesome, and this trailer they did looks awesome. I love that it seems like there's more of a story-based thing going on for multiplayer. If we get those type of vignettes through the seasons, like that could be really cool, and that kind of can replace the the campaign in some ways and the, the co-op experience that that we're looking for if we're all playing together with like you know uh mutual goals with the the dailies or whatever they're they're presenting to us um december release date a little later than I'd, i wish it was but i get it that's where the world's at and i believe they're gonna hit it like i think that's kind of the the biggest thing for me is it's been a real big question fuzzy question mark with halo but i think them putting this date and with where it's at in the year i, I think that the, we're gonna be playing uh, at the tail end of this year, but but this year nonetheless, and I'm excited would, to do that. It would have been a much like I again we mentioned it while we were watching it, but how cool would it have been if they said, and this weekend flight number two is coming? Like that yep. would have oh really God, yeah. sort of sealed it as this is a really hype announcement. Yeah, yeah. I think the hardware actually sealed it as well. I, I agree with you, Andy. If you put out a flight, it would be even more hype. But I think the hardware saved what we just saw because, like I said. We avoided campaign, right? So now we're telling a story of somebody you've never really seen before, and it's going to be tied into multiplayer, which as well, Battlefield is going to do the same thing. We'll talk about that later on in the year. But I think the hardware seed the deal of like, hey, we are going to celebrate the 20th anniversary. We know it's a big deal. We're going to hit you with one of the first ever. There's only been one other Xbox Elite Special Edition controllers. This is a big deal to have that on there. I know the price tag is outrageous for many people, but I'm so happy. They didn't just do a generic regular controller to see it being an elite mm -hmm. controller is a big, big, big deal. deal. Totally. And that's huge. And like, maybe we'll get more of that later on with other games, but also to have the special edition console as well. I mean, they hit you with the one, two punch. And this is something me and the team over on the X cast have talked about of like, what is the 20th anniversary? What can they do? Would they dare do a special edition console after it's been a year plus of COVID the chip shortage, how hard it is just to get the normal consoles out there. Would they really dare do a special edition? Well, they did. And it, uh, it's super 
fire and it's super awesome and I can't wait to get my hands on it. So I think adding on that hardware announcement with it was super great. Man, if they did this yesterday, we would have had a whole different conversation. But to add on to Jeff Keighley's event right here, like Jeff had a killer event and Xbox being like a big force in it is a huge deal because Xbox, we're going to talk about some more games from them that if we're at this conference that were really, really great too. Yeah. Uh, moving on from Halo, we got Colts of the Lamb coming in 2022. Ooh. This is uh, one of those indie games that like got to share the stage with a lot of the big dogs coming right after Call of Duty, a Marvel game, Call of Duty, Halo. It's like, damn, okay. And I thought it kind of kept our attention. It's This one kind of stood out in an interesting way, I thought. Yeah, it was a bit, a bit unfortunate that it came right after that Halo console because I'm sure half the audience is like, <laughs> "All right, I gotta pre, I gotta pre-order this thing. I gotta figure out how to how to obtain this console and this controller." And so, like, even us, right? Like, attention was shifted. But uh, watching this trailer, you know, I was very into it. You know, I, I think the the game looks really cool. It reminds me a lot of Nobody Saves the World in terms of what it's doing as a roguelite, but then also having a really interesting art style. Like, I was sold sold on it. I want to see more. Yeah, I thought the art style looked great. I thought the gameplay looked cool. Uh, I want to see more of that for sure. I like the the little premise of it of this, uh, you know, lamb beating the people who are there to kill it or whatever, and then everybody worships the lamb and it's got crazy red eyes. Like, yeah, but it is also, yeah, right there with it. It looks a lot like nobody saves the world, which of course in the pre-show announced multiplayer and that it's delayed. You're like, yeah, 2022, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> hopefully not 2023. You know what I mean? There's a lot going on in 2022, but hopefully it stays that way. Um Next up, we got Midnight Fight Express coming summer 2022. Ooh. We saw this a little bit yesterday in the, the Humble montage. It looks rad. Yeah. Excited to get more of this, right? It went, it went so quick in the Humble montage. They were like, oh, that looks like a cool thing. It kind of looked like Sifu. Okay. And then today to have its own trailer all here, I thought it looked really great. Can't wait to play it. The style yeah. of it is super cool too. It look uh, we keep comparing it to Seafood because both of them have that fun, quick action John Wick like style to them. Uh, and the more we, the more I see this game, the more I'm like, damn, they've they've packed in so much animation to this bad boy, right? Like seeing the thing that caught me off guard was the back bend into like the headshot to the guy behind them, and I was like, oh shit, they're really having fun with this thing. Uh, you know, I want to get my hands on it. I hope I hope at some point they release a demo, even leading up to it. I know they said it's coming summer 2022, but I think you know the the more, the, the more you can get this game into people's hands and and have them play around with it uh and actually understand what this game is and how it controls i think the better that's going to be and so yeah i can't wait to see more of it and it's game pass yep. game pass oh, yeah, all those one person right really cool and i think it's one as well we talked about it yesterday of like that quick hey here's the game pass update with these humble games coming and it just tore right through this is something that gary widow wanted he was like hey hold up like let's take 60 seconds 90 seconds and talk about these games and see what's up and Jeff put a good spotlight on a really cool game that got people excited. And so, yeah, to also put it on Game Pass, killer opportunity here. Totally. Uh, moving on, next up we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, a.k.a. Tumnut Shredder's Revenge. Mm -hmm. uh, April O'Neil herself is playable. It is coming in 2022 uh, to all of the major consoles. I'm extremely excited for this. Still waiting for some online play uh, announcements. 2022 is kind of sad. Wanted it this year. But you know what? I'll wait. This looks cool. I'm just so happy it's actually happening. Yeah, Andy, I think hit the nail on the head, right? Of you watch that and you're just like, what an art style. I'm, I, you know what I mean? I have, so, I think everybody has such a soft spot for TMNT arcade, right? And they see this, uh, you know, spiritual successor kind of thing going on with it and uh, that art style again. And now April playable, like that seems like so much fun. 
Yeah, my thing with the with that game and with all of these type of just like side scroller beat em ups is I don't really think the gameplay holds up in a in a sure. modern time. Like that was such an arcade, you know, just trying to uh, get you to to put one more quarter in and just keep going, keep going, just to get a little bit farther. But I think that even then part of the appeal of those games was seeing the thing that you hadn't seen yet so like pushing forward just that one more level to see who is the next boss how how do they look like what are they going to do and i think what's cool with this art style and we saw it in the uh, teaser trailer and then now more here it's like all of the background elements the way the foot clan are like you know reading newspapers and pop it out at you and stuff it's like it's almost kind of like the point of playing it it's not the deepest gameplay ever but you're playing through to be rewarded with like kind of the fun things happening around you and oh my god the music's so good by t lopes uh the guy that composed the music for sonic mania working on this so we're in for we're in for a treat with this one for sure. Yeah, I'm 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 with you, Tim, in terms of you know why we come to beat 'em ups and the, that next screen thing. Like that reminds me of me playing Space Jam back in July when that came to Xbox, and I had the same thing where I was like, uh, this gameplay is whatever, it's so and so. Like this is definitely a fan game, but I do want to see what the next level is because it's Space Jam, and so am I going to be fighting against the Tasmanian Devil? Like what's the next <laughs> level going to be? Um, but also, I think it's worth pointing out that this is is it dot emu or dot mm -hmm. emu? I don't I never knew how to pronounce their name, but. You know, they're the, they're the folks who also did uh, Streets of Rage 4, which I've heard so many good things about. People, yeah, people talk about how excellent that game is. And so if this game has a, a percentage of the quality that that game had, then that's going to bode really well for how this game actually plays. Yeah, art style, music, nostalgia, it's going to hit you with all those things. And why not hop into a game that is going to be fun enough, right? I'm not looking for any sort of gameplay elements that break the mold, but it's going to hit on so many different er other areas that I'm excited for it. Online yep. co-op will be huge for me. If it doesn't have it, it's going to be a Battletoad situation where it's just not going to be a good time and enjoyable by myself for me personally. Like, Streets of Rage 4 was so much fun. Scott Pilgrim was so much fun because we had that online capabilities. If this game doesn't have online ready to go at launch, this will probably be a skip one for me, even though it looks so beautiful and looks so fun. I, I just don't want to do it alone anymore. And I also do want to point out to you that Dot .emu is the publisher, not the developer, but they, they do have like a good lineup in terms of what they have published, right? Like Windjammers 2, Streets of Rage 4, like I said, but then also they're they're publishing Metal Slug's Tactics. And so, you know, I think they, there's an eye for quality there. They definitely have a direction and style that they like to go for. So if this falls in line, then I think that's exciting. Before we move on with the rest, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Native. What's the difference between an antiperspirant and a deodorant? Antiperspirants contain aluminum, which plugs your sweat glands to stop you from sweating. Native deodorant does not contain aluminum or parabens or sulfates. It's vegan and never tested on animals. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. Their classic scents include coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint, and more, including an unscented option. Besides their classic deodorant, Native offers a baking soda free formula for those with sensitivities uh g has been using this native uh deodorant she loves it she's recommending it it's been keeping her smelling good i can attest to that for sure you're gonna love native as much as we do right now you can save 20 percent off on your first purchase go to nativedo.com slash kf games or use promo code kf games at checkout that's n-a-t-i-v-e-d-e-o dot com slash kf games or use promo code kf games at checkout to save 20 percent on your first purchase that's nativedo.com slash kf games next up shout out to hello fresh with hello fresh you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door you can skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit fall is busy but hello fresh recipes save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning shopping 
shopping. All so you can get back to what matters most. A lot of people are kind of funny. have been using HelloFresh for a very, very long time, including Kevin and Paula. You know, Kevin, very much a meat eater. Paula, a vegetarian. But they have options for everybody. So everybody gets to be happy. Uh, and I get to be really happy whenever I get HelloFresh as well. Gia makes it and it is incredible stuff. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash KFGames14 using code KFGames14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash KFGames14. Use the code KFGames14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Uh, so there you go. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And finally, shout out to ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like walking your dog in public without securing them on a leash. I would never do that with Moose. It would not end well. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine. But what if one day your dog wanders a bit too far and gets dog napped by somebody? That's real bad. Wouldn't want that at all. Uh, every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, etc., your online data is not secure. Any hacker on the same network can gain access to and steal your personal data, your passwords, financial details, all that bad stuff. Some reasons to use ExpressVPN, just like I have, are you get an encrypted tunnel, it's super secure, it's easy to use, and that's kind of my favorite thing. You fire up the app, you click one button, and then you're protected. I have it on my desktop, I have it on my phone, I don't need to worry, my internet experience protected and secure. Uh, you can secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kindoffunny. And you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash kindoffunny. He did the count. We're back. We're, We're back, back everybody. Sorry, for some reason, Greg, like out of the corner of my eye, I saw Greg kind of get ready and it looked like he was about to like jump into it. And, uh, that was on me. That was on me. Uh, next up, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Uh, October 5th. We already knew that it's coming out and we got Morgana from Woo! Persona 5 Let's go. Um, in the Persona? ball. It was the big mystery. Who's in the ball? And it ends up it's a cat. Tim, it's not a I'm, monkey. I'm happy to announce that Super Monkey Ball is now being added to Blessing Super Fun Game Calendar 2021. Congratulations. Congrats You'll be getting Super your, Monkey Ball. The highest honor. In the mail. Very excited for this. I'm excited for Mike more than anybody because he doesn't understand the magic that is Super Monkey Ball. You're going to have a blast with this game, Mike. So many of the mini games are just a ton of fun. Some of the best multiplayer memories I had back in the GameCube era. Yeah, you got me really excited, Tim, when you were like, oh, this is like a party game you can play with your friends and they have cool mini games. And then they showed them off and I was like, oh, that is not what I thought this game was. I've never seen Super Monkey Ball, never been interested in a game named Super Monkey Ball. So now you at least got me and I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see who's in the ball. Okay, well, about to break my own heart here. In total, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mini includes more than 300 recreated levels and 12 multiplayer minigames. You won't be able to play those games online. Oh, it does support okay. four-player cool, local cool, multiplayer. So. Cool. Damn it. Well, guess what, Tim? I'm not playing well, now. I just took <laughs> Super Monkey Ball off of my uh, Super <laughs> Monkey Ball calendar. Wow, that's Sorry, how fast everybody. it can happen here on the kind of funny wow. games cast, everybody. That really sucks. Man. Boo. Boo video games. Uh, and the opposite of Boo video games, Splitgate got a little uh, stage action from Jeff Keighley, which I think is really cool. Not too much news here, uh, but we got Stepping the Portal in Season 0 of the Splitgate beta. Live today, first details on the 100-level Battle Pass plus a new map and Contamination mode. Um, I just love that it was here. Sure. Yeah, yeah, really cool for a smaller game to be on that big of a stage. I One thing about Splitgate, though, that just doesn't interest me at all are the cosmetics. I don't really care much about 
I, I like the gun skins where they're just color variations, but I'm not a huge fan of the art style whenever they have introduced newer skins of what your character can look like. I just I, I, I don't, I've never been a real fan of, of the aesthetic of them. But I mean, talk about a game that's gone from again, they had mentioned that there was 500 concurrent players and now there's 80,000 concurrent players or whatever. Um, I kind of want to hop in tonight, actually. I've been having a lot of fun with that whenever we have played it. Yeah, this game is red hot right now, and they're seizing the opportunity. They've been really working on the servers, and the idea of sharing out a season zero and keeping that hype alive is really, really good. I'm with Andy. I actually don't really care for the look of the characters or of the guns itself. It's kind of a, a halo placekeeper for me until we finally get to December. But the gameplay is tight. The gameplay is fun, and the portal usage mixes up that normal arena shooter. So good for them for riding this high and really taking advantage of it. Yeah, I think Splitgate is having a, a very huge moment right now. You know, I, I, with them launching on on consoles, but then also, yeah, being part of Opening Night Live and being being the game that I think is holding so many people over for Halo uh, in the first person shooter PvP wave that's about to come. I think they're in that perfect spot where they're getting the popularity, they're getting the the TikToks, the social media posts. Like I've shared, I've shared Splitgate TikToks with Andy already. Like the game is getting that kind of notoriety. And yeah, like I think this this is really cool to see. I'm excited to check out what the new mode is, and I'm excited to check out like again. I'm not I'm with you guys that the cosmetics don't do it for me as much, but you know it reminds me of Launch Apex a bit. Where at Launch Apex, I also didn't care about the cosmetics really. Like the cosmetics were kind of weak. Uh, I think they could hopefully if, if this game sticks around, they could get to a place where they're like, cool, let's put more focus into into this. Let's figure out what cosmetics look like for us. Let's figure out how to make these pop. And yeah, like I think for a game that is launching in beta right now, that is from a small team, they're absolutely killing it. The the art style reminds me a lot of when you and the way some of the skins look when you hop into Unreal and you're opening uh, Unreal Engine for your first time, and there's a proxy humanoid model that you drop in there that you can like animate and figure out how to make move and assign animations to that's what it reminds me of it has a sort of a very basic feel and when they do decide to get a little bit wackier with the art styles it just never really meshes well uh, in my opinion so i hope maybe there's a lot more improvements uh, on that side of it next up we had riders republic uh beta is available now until august 28th both mike and blessing have already played a little bit of the the beta uh one is hot on it and one is not let's start with greg miller do you want hot or do you want not Ooh, i want hot first we're going hot baby snow bike oh no 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 oh, that's me junior let's go yeah, no, I, I I I dig what I played of it so far. I've not played too much. I've played maybe two to three hours, uh, and I played that with uh, some of the homies, uh, Yami and Ellie, and I've had I've had a really good time. Like it is, I think, more unique and different uh, than what Ubisoft usually does, but also does have those Ubisoft trappings in there as well, where you open up the map and you get the icons and you get the question marks and you're going to you're going and discovering stuff in the open world. Like it, it is that kind of Ubisoft game, but mixed in with what I think is interesting, extreme sports bits, it takes a lot of what made steep steep, but then adds a lot of variety to it with other vehicles. You can do downhill biking, you can do uh, uh, skiing, you can do snowmobiling, you can do you can get in the flight suit. You have like a lot of options in terms of that. Uh, but then also some of the game modes that are in there, I think, are just fun by themselves, even outside of being in the open world. And so, like one of the game one of the game modes I really liked, uh, it's called fuck, Mike. You might know what it's called. It's like trick trick battle. 
Trick is that the battle. one where you're taking over different uh, parts mm -hmm, of the yes. map? Similar to Graffiti and Tony Hawk. And that was that was the first one that I had to go to to check out because I was like, oh, I love this mode in Tony Hawk. I want to see how, how Riders Republic does it. And I really dug it. Like it, it uh, adds some twists in there. Uh, the when you when you color, so the whole thing is, you're you're in a stage with two teams. It's kind of like Splatoon, where if you do a trick on a ramp or if you do a trick on a uh, a rail, you turn that rail or ramp your color, and you're trying to take over oh, more nice. of the map. And the more of the map you take over, the more points you score by doing tricks on those ramps and rails. And so you're, it's it's basically like a domination kind of mode, and I really dug it. You know, it has some cool party stuff in there. Like there's a five times uh, uh, multiplier that'll happen every now and then that I really dug, and I think that mode is really fun. There's also the mass race, which is basically a a live event that'll happen on the map where periodically it'll open up and you'll get a message that's like, "Oh, the mass race is happening," and what that means is that you and your crew or whoever needs to go to the spot on the map where the mass race is happening. And once you reach there. Uh, you'll then launch it, and that'll have anywhere from the the one I did yesterday had thirty players in it, and it's a huge race where you're going from checkpoint to checkpoint. But it's kind of like the if you played the GTA Online Transformed races, they're just like that, where you might start off skiing, but then you get to a certain checkpoint and you transform into the wingsuit, and now you're flying, and then you hit a certain checkpoint and you transform into downhill biking and it does that sort of thing where it's keeping you on your toes but then there's also a large amount of players in there and i think that's i i, I for me that was a really fun time uh the thing that really made this this game this preview shined for me so far uh i think are the massively multiplayer elements because the the way they tackle it is interesting where any map could have i don't know the exact number but i imagine probably like 60 something players in a session but they populate it even more by obtaining players ghost data and also putting those on the map so you see tons of people in the open world at any 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 given time like you open up your map and you see tons of icons of all these different players and only only some of them are real but it's that cool thing of really feeling like you're at this populated festival and you're like seeing other That's players cool. do their thing and you're doing races and you're going downhill but then you see another player snowboard over you on a different path like it's that type of shit that i thought was really cool and really fascinating so far in my few hours like i'm totally in uh i think there there there's some jankiness here and there uh it's like i think it's it has that feel that you get from quite a few ubisoft open world games where you know it's not it's not a spider-man right it's not like the best controlling thing it doesn't control like ssx i think it controls like a midway between something like an ssx and something that is more semi but meets in this a little bit of a janky middle but for me, that janky middle worked where, you know, it's easy to pick up, easy to do the tricks. And again, like for me, I think the thing that the, the thing that really drove my enjoyment for this game is the fact that it's just a good one to play while hanging out with friends and having kind of a social experience with it. So I, I've dug my time with it so far. I am on the opposite side because I absolutely hated my time with this. And it comes down to one big issue, and that is the controls. And so I do want to highlight the positives really quick before I get into that. And that is, I really think they captured a really fun, radical, gnarly lifestyle that, you know, when you're in the extreme sports world, it really captures well. And so from the fun characters and the fun, you know, writing, it does capture like this cool extreme sports lifestyle that we don't get to see much in video games. And then on top of that, they've really created this gigantic map and this really well-defined world within it of these different biomes that really hit home from Utah to Big Bear and Mammoth. And it really makes it feel like, oh man, like these locations are well thought out and well done. 
and the events are killer, right? They have some really good events that were really well put together. And I was really digging a lot of the events, the world. Uh, my only downfall of the kind of like, you know, the world that they've built through the writing and through the characters is two things. And that's one, stop with the shaky cam. I know we're extreme and I know it's fun, but like you don't need to be shaky cam in every single scene. It's totally cool. Get the stabilizer on the GoPro. Everybody's got one. And then as well, they put so much time and effort into these facial animations and these character designs just to have it completely fail with the hair and facial hair. I just don't understand how we put all of this effort into making the game look good. And then the hair just looks awful as if it's from a PS2 game. So really got to tighten that up. But on the flip side, my biggest critique was the controls. And when we come down to an extreme sports title, it's going to be controls, controls, controls. That's why Skate was one of the top dogs forever because the controls are so perfect. And when I look at this, I look at something where this team has put together a number of controls and it is not just well-refined. It is not on point. They've chosen to do like seven plus sports and they've just seemed to have given me the bare minimum to mediocre control feels. And that's really disappointing in a game where I thought this should be the top tier. This is where you're going to capture people. And it starts with the controls. And so they have three different options for you to choose from. And then it actually goes a little bit deeper in there. So you're really going to spend some time trying to dial in your controls from race to trickster to steep. And I think they've missed the mark. Uh, really, they've missed the mark on the controls. Mike, that which control best. style uh, were you using? Because I know they have the the trick mode, but then also the speed mode, depending on what so kind of events if I was for. If I was to give you a Mike Howard, let's find the best controls after four and a half hours, you would need to go on to steep, then you would go to steep landing as well. Then when it comes to rails, you would go manual and then you'd go from there. But yeah, steep is the answer because I'm going to tell you this. When you play all these games from descenders to skate and you find out what those controls really should feel like and look like, this has missed the mark from the button controls of racing that allows you to use the thumbstick for spectate to move your camera around to trickster, which at any flick of that stick will put you up in the air and start mm -hmm. you moving, which it mm -hmm. should not do. Steep is unfortunately the right way to go. And even with steep, steep isn't perfect. And I was disappointed in that. So I looked at this, I played it and I was like, man, blessing touched on it. So well, the multiplayers are very, very good. The world that they built feels extreme. It feels radical. It feels fun. And it feels outlandish. And the, the map is just so good and the events are good, but man, oh man, the moment you pick up those controls, you're going to want to put it down. It just doesn't feel right. See, the way I described it to you uh, before the stream, Mike, and this might, depending on who's listening, right, it could be a very, it could be very much a negative or it could be a slightly positive. I compared it to that Olympic, Olympic Games game that we played with Bruce Green uh, a few streams ago, where in Olympic Games 2021, or I guess 2020, I guess, uh, each different Olympic event kind of has a similar kind of thing to it where the controls are basic, but then you have the same button for if you want to use your ultimate. Like they they standardize the controls between each game in a way that feels somewhat consistent for a game that is overall pretty janky. Mm -hmm. This game does a similar thing in a way that I think has more quality to it because this is being published by Ubisoft instead of whoever does the, the Tokyo Olympic Games game. Uh, and so it, there's a little bit more control and effort placed into it, but it's done in a way that I think is super easy to pick up and, and play. And so for me, from the first from the first uh, uh, downhill thing I did, I think I did snowboarding, or maybe it was biking. From the first event that I did, I immediately got the controls, and I was able to, okay, cool, I understand how to drift, I understand how to do X, Y, and Z thing. And then going into snowboarding, I was like, okay, cool, I understand how this works too. And all of it for a game that 
is going for so many different kinds of events all of it was good enough for me where i i was way more forgiving of it i was like okay i can do this and i was i was also using the the i think it was called the speed mode where you are using the actual buttons to twist and turn and do all mm -hmm. that stuff uh and again like i it worked but i definitely hear where you're coming from like the controls yeah. are far the handling is far from perfect uh and like to go back to the open world another thing i want to shout out is this open world did remind me a bit of playing something like forza horizon where there's so much going on, there's so much joy, there are people on the comms, there's mm -hmm. uh, 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 discoverable things on the map. One of the things I discovered that I thought was super cool was a Trials Fusion-like um, obstacle course that was just a random, random question mark that I found that you know wasn't hinted at. I got there, and me and the folks I was playing with, we were all like, oh shit, this is Trials Fusion. And we're doing this obstacle course, which is like basically a bunch of wood planks put together to form this thing where you're going through the the check marks and trying to get to the end of it within the time limit and it's stuff like that where i was like oh i can i can really get into this if this open world is littered with just random discoverable events like that then this is going to be, be a really good time uh but you know I, mike i definitely hear where you're coming from in terms of how how the game controls because it is definitely if you're looking for something to replace ssx or something to replace a really good esports big or something or a really good extreme sports game then there are definitely better feeling games out there oh, it's i'm so passionate about this and i know blessing agrees and he's passionate about this it's like there's so much that this could be perfect with and i i would love to sit there with the devs and be like why did we choose this or show me how to do this because you're missing this and this is that key feel in the controls that would elevate this to the next level and now i turn my focus to shredders which is coming to Game Pass, which will be an Xbox game. And that's a much smaller team. And I'd love to know, like, where are we at with the controls? How are we going to make this feel special? Because Ubisoft here, I mean, this could have just been steep 1.5. Like, we didn't have to do this. We could have put this on ice and held off on it. But uh, they poured nice. a lot into it, but uh, it just doesn't hit. And now with a fall stacked with games, a massive race like that, am I really going to pull 60 people in? It's going to be very interesting to see launch to three months down the road and how they can improve so yeah riders of public just very disappointed coming out of that beta very disappointed Damn, that sucks moving on a little more there uh they announced a new uh football sim game called uh ufl uh, it's free to play mm. coming out seems whatever any thoughts on that guys Nah. I, I want to see what licenses they get. I, I Being the sports guy here, I do want to see, because we've talked about Pez and now their new name and how they have fought against FIFA to get these licenses for the teams and player likenesses. Now you see this third game. It's like, what is this going to be? Are they going to just be made-up teams, made-up characters? Do they actually have some sort of licensing within the FIFA world? And is it going to control and play well? Because we know FIFA's the top dog and FIFA probably will be, but... FIFA's also very money hungry with their microtransactions yeah. and people want something different. And now is the time, like we've brought up, me and Blessed with EA Big and other sports games, 2K, Madden, FIFA. It's time for some new games. It's time for some fresh takes. And maybe this could be the one. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, like I I, I was having this conversation a few weeks ago when the eFootball news was announced that that game, uh, traditionally Pez, is going free to play and changing up their brand a bit. Uh, the fact that FIFA kind of has that corner, that that market cornered in terms of being a soccer game that is premium that people are paying for, but then you're also getting to Ultimate Team and dumping a, a load of money into that if you're into Ultimate Team. I think there's a space there that you can get into making a soccer 
and or football game that is free to play that is accessible that anybody can boot up because you know i remember for the longest time playing fifa back in the day and going to uh family video which or blockbuster whichever one you want to refer to and buying the the fifa game that was years old because it was way cheaper and i couldn't afford a 60 dollars fifa game that came out that year right like there, I think there's a good market for folks who just want to hop in and play a soccer game for free. And so this feels like it's going to be, this feels like it's capitalizing off of that. But I do wonder how it stacks up, one, with the licenses. Are they, are they able to get the teams? But then also, how does it stack up against eFootball, which seems to be doing a very similar thing in terms of trying to be a, a free-to-play football game? We shall see. We shall see. Uh, then, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga Spring 2022. We got another trailer for this. It looks fantastic. Looks like a very, very different Lego game. I got to see this uh, behind closed doors at E3, the last in-person E3, so it must have been 2019. Um, and it looks like a, a lot of fun. And everything they showed here, I'm like, yeah, great. 2022, later than we expected, but not really a surprise, right? One word, finally. That's all I got for you. Finally. Was it not that much of a surprise blessing? Was it that not catch you off guard there? Huh? Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I knew this. <laughs> I, I had my one grain of hope was seeing Jeff Keighley tweet out the fact that it was going to be there. I was like, oh, okay, cool. A glimmer of hope for my fantasy draft. But uh, no, yeah, I'm going to have to figure out that situation. <laughs> There's a part of me that is a little disappointed with the visuals after playing Builder's Journey. Like, no joke, watching through a lot of that, it feels like it's missing an extra layer of rendering and i'm not sure exactly what it is um but it i've never really been a gigantic fan of lego games anyway so um it doesn't really matter but yeah for, for some reason watching that trailer i was a little disappointed with how it looks visually hopefully it's one of those maybe those it's just that, discord i was gonna say lego games i think look really good period let alone now a modern console video game of lego i think you see that in 4k on your tv i think it might sing a bit more than it is right now yeah yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm excited for this, but I'm even more excited for the potential of a of more an MCU Lego game in this mm -hmm. style in a couple of years because that that's going to be super dope. What about a DCEU one? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll that'll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a re-reveal. blocks. We'll get the Mega Blocks DC <laughs> game <laughs> of a game called Synced Off Planet. Thank you. Yeah, that was good, Andy. That was really good. Uh, <laughs> this is a companion shooter, kind of just a CG thing. Didn't do anything for me. Yeah, me either. No, no, thank you. Uh, then we got the Outlast Trials. It's a horror survival game. Some uh, cool stuff going on there with some multiplayer elements. Mike, you looking excited about this? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm going to play with Andy for sure. But uh, <laughs> no, I think Outlast is one of those horror games that if you've played it, you've probably never have forgotten it. And it is a staple in the horror gaming world. There's a few and far between horror games that are really breakout all-stars. And this is one of them. And adding multiplayer, you know, you have my attention, especially coming hot off of a year of phasmophobia like now think of you and your friends playing this is going to be a really great time so i look forward to october you know playing this during a halloween spooky session whenever we get to that it's going to be perfect for me spooky sundays yep uh then everybody we got dokev an mmo that the trailer was approximately 17 minutes and honestly I wish there was more. This game oh. looked fucking insane. It had a little bit of everything. Is it Pokemon? Is it uh, Balance Wonderland Bless? I don't know. It's so many different things. Is it Ghostbusters? Turned into Ghostbusters <laughs> at the end. That's what I'm like. Fucking sign me up. All right. This shit was this, insane. 
this bad it was a boy, fever dream. This bad boy had so many shaders. <laughs> like the amount, <laughs> <if> you know, <laughs> the amount of that was going on graphically in this trailer was so confusing because because the art style looks like something that should be more Genshin Impact like like, but the actual like w what they're going for in terms of visuals uh, confused me and blew me away at the same time. Um, this game looks mad interesting because the way that Jeff Keighley introed it, he made it sound like it was going to be a Pokemon like game. But then you actually get into watching the gameplay, and yeah, it starts off with a lot of Pokemon-like elements. That like you have somebody fishing, you have somebody riding a bike, you have the characters that are looking like real, I guess, chibi and cute, right? But then it just takes turns every few seconds in this trailer, where like you're going from doing like Devil May Cry-like action to then just doing other open-world shit. You're parachuting, you're fighting monsters. There's a lot going on in this game, and I can't wait to see more. You're uh, skateboarding on a hoverboard. Yeah. A young girl, Joey Noel, in the chat says, and it has a llama. It has riding it llama, llama capabilities. There it is. Called it, it out. This was a wild trailer. This is one of the few trailers I've ever watched where a game is so not Snowbike Mike, but it has captured me to the point where I watched all of that and didn't want to look away because it was so weird. The music was bumping, and then, like Bless said, they just reset the track and just let it go back from the beginning. Like, <laughs> I, whatever this game is, you got me, and I'm in for it. I thought I fell asleep in the middle of it and started dreaming just wild shit. And this has everything, and I still don't really even know what's happening. Uh, little, I mean... <laughs> It, that is I, it like a second part, life game? Like, does anybody even does anybody know the pitch? I don't know, because near the end of the trailer, it's this big sort of Final Fantasy-looking combat section. But right before that, the little girl's driving a little tiny-ass little car. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> and now this fucking like I don't know. Polar bear has boxing gloves. I don't know. Bless this clock has <laughs> headphones on. It's so, wild. This game is from Pearl Abyss, who are the folks behind, I believe, Black, uh, Black Desert. Desert. Yeah. yeah, Black Desert. And the description reads, Dokev is a creature-collecting open-world action adventure filled with intriguing stories and set in a unique, vibrant world. Befriend the adorable Dokebi that gains strength and encourage people's dreams and get ready to embark on an adventure. Get ready. Hell yeah. Uh, next up, we have Jurassic World Evolution 2. I missed the news of this bit, but they showed it again. Anyone have anything that I missed there? There's dinosaurs. There's dinosaurs. Cool. There's a there's a desert environment you can build your park in now. Snow. Uh, I think there was another release date. Did we have a release date beforehand? I don't know, but uh, another park builder. And we're going to talk about another park builder later on. So it is cool that we're getting the rise of the park builders back again here. Uh, then we got Far Cry 6. Another nice little revisit into that for the November 9th for Jurassic World. Sorry, I was trying to get it out of my thing for you. Gotcha. Uh, and then Far Cry 6. Anyone? Yeah, October 7th. In I, I'm interested. I'm interested in Far Cry uh, 6, and I haven't been interested in a Far Cry in a while. Uh, but I'm also, I, I shouldn't say that. Far Cry 5, I guess I was interested in it delivered. I'm interested in this one based on the villain. I'm hopeful to get, you know, hands on the sticks eventually and play it and see what it, how it all feels. Yeah, that's a big one for me. I look forward to the comeback of Far Cry. Hopefully I fell off on four, skipped all of five and 5.5, whatever you want to call yeah, that yeah. new Dawn stuff. And so it's a big one for me for Far Cry of like, can you pull me back in <laughs> yep. over to this game? And so we'll see if they got the goods. I mean, I'm sold on what they've shown us so far. Uh, I did like the, you know, hey, here's a, another little story beat to get you back up to speed and get you ready for this. And so, yeah, they have my attention. Let's see where they go with it. Uh, we got a little bit of the Vampire Blood Hunt free-to-play Battle Royale, early access September 7th. 
Then we got Park Beyond 2022. Snowbike Mike losing his mind about that. Yep. Really excited. I'm in. I'm in for that. I'm in for that. Yo, play Parkitect. Play Planet Coaster. Get ready. Park Sims are back. So jump in and have some fun. Uh, so as you can see, we're kind of in that segment of the show. That's a little bit more like, all right, all right. Eh. <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Jet the Far Shore from Super Brothers and Pine Scented, October 5th, 2021. PS5, PS4, and Epic game store long awaited release date on that obviously playstation 5 you know exclusive in terms of you know having the exclusive features on the thing interested to see more of that play it uh it definitely as i was asking andy about it as we watched it uh you know we've yet well, this is our first real glimpses of this game right edge had a big old profile on it but now we're finally getting to see it and yeah it does look like a no man's sky thing and that's how they've kind of talked about it right being this chill exploration of space and stuff so be interested to see what that feels like too yeah agreed yeah there's something about it that that isn't working for me like and yeah. i feel like it was because like this if i remember correctly was announced around the same time as kina for the spirits yeah. and this uh, was it's like that ps5 presentation there's just something where i'm like they just don't feel on the same level and i don't know they necessarily need to be but it's like that i'm like oh i'm interested in this and this one i'm kind of like all right cool uh we got horizon forbidden west Kind of surprised for me. Did not Ooh. expect to, to get this information today. Did not expect to see this here. Uh, pretty exciting news. February 18th, release date, 2022. And Horizon Zero Dawn, the first game, has a PS5 patch out now. 60 frames per second. That's lit. That's, That's something that brings me back as like the non-PlayStation guy. And I come, come and go for the exclusives. To hear that's getting the patch for 60 frames, I'm into that now. Just like I'm into Ghost of Tsushima right now, and I can't stop playing it. I hope it does the same thing for me. Mike, there's 60 frames now, so you might want to check it out coming soon. 60 frames up on Horizon Zero Dawn over. Uh, our audience absolutely hates when I do this over, but we're going to continue to do it forever, y'all. <laughs> I just love the angry, disapproving no dad over here. <laughs> Universally the best controller out there right now, and this is how he's going to treat it. Uh, Kebabs in the chat says it's also worth noting it now supports 4K via checkerboarding. So cool. Make the game look even better. Um, then moving on, we got Amazon's New World, September 28th. Andy, what you got on that? It's just kind of a cool story. And I, I am excited to see if it actually continues that momentum or whether all that momentum was left with the beta. Because I think I'm worried that maybe some players went way too hard on it and then burned out. But when that beta ended... It just seemed like a lot of the people that were uh, playing it at that time just really kind of found the groove for it. Uh, and I watched plenty of people stream it, and it seems interesting enough, and I, I definitely want to check it out. But I knew that the thing that worried me is the thing that happens to a lot of us whenever we play these games where you make progress, and then you know, I'm going to lose all of this shit as soon mm. as this beta ends. And I've put in a lot of work, and it's all going to go away. Um, and I'm glad I didn't hop in then, and I, I'm... I definitely do plan on hopping in when it does come out. Uh, then next up, we got Marvel Future Revolution on mobile. Greg, you've been Ooh. playing this. What's up? Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't had as much time as I want to. Obviously, it launched at like 3 a.m. our time, maybe 1 a.m. our time. Uh, but I started up this morning, got through the tutorial. I'm maining Cap right now. I want to get a Captain Marvel going after that. I want to get a Spider-Man going after that. Uh, we've done previews before on Gamescast. Uh, and then also I did the thing at GameSpot, the sponsored stream over there while I was on it and got interviewed about it. Uh, the idea here is that it's, uh, you know, an action RPG uh, multiplayer one if you want it to be on your phone ready to go. And uh, it actually looks and performs well. 
Uh, I, you know, I had been, I had watched a lot of the GameSpot stuff. I had done a little bit of a, a test build and stuff, and I wasn't sure how I f- felt about it. But I am actually jonesing to get back and play more Captain America. Uh, it does feel like a Marvel Heroes. If you remember Marvel Heroes, Marvel Heroes Omega on the on PlayStation, of you know, it's going in there and beating the shit out of a bunch of different aim guys running around getting better loot and changing your look and doing this thing and you know the longer is of you know leveling up and going out there to do multiplayer you know raids and big bosses and get better gear and better loot and yada yada but right now it's you know running around being cool superheroes and cool story and i want to get back to it uh then we got a little tales section we got an announcement of tales of luminaria coming to ios and android and a tales of arise demo available now if you want to check that out um bless you were kind of interested in that but yeah. the playtime I mean, turned I've, you off i've been i've been interested um in this game for a while like i've never played a tales game but i've always had the interest in playing a tales game and it's that thing where they announced this game and i remember from the announcement i was like oh shit this art style looks a little bit different for tales like it looks really cool and this this might be the one that gets me in the only thing that's that's keeping me off from off from it this fall is the fact that now there are so many games this fall and i know that this game is going to be a 70 hour long game uh but i do want to try it out and so like Everything they've shown has my interest peaked. I might download the demo, give it a try to see if that's what makes me fall in love with it. But you know, I think it's I think it's been having really good showings every time I see this game pop up. Uh, they talked about a game called Siberia, the world before. We saw a Jumanji game that looked absolutely horrible called Jumanji Ooh. the Curse Returns. Uh Dead Mouse Dead Mouse rebranded as Dead Mouse 5, uh doing something with core that was really unclear. Um Fall Guys Season 5, King Louie, baby. Jungle Book event. <laughs> truly, yeah. truly bizarre crossover. Like, you're like, all right, Fall Guys, Disney, what you going to do? Like, so I, I haven't been on Fall Guys for a while. Is the season jungle themed? And is that the reason they yes. did that? Yeah. Okay, even with that, even with that, which kind of explains it, it's like Jungle Cruise just came out in theaters. Like, what are we doing going back <laughs> to Jungle Book? But all right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still looking for the Xbox announcement. So I'm lost on what we're doing with Fall Guys right now. I just can't believe it. Uh, then next up, Replaced. We got saw a little bit more of one of most of our favorite games that we saw at E3 this year. Uh, they announced that the song from the trailer is now available, which is cool because a lot of people have been requesting that. But I got to say, this is a weird showing. Like, I, I, I love this game, but like, yeah. need What's to see neat? more and want some more info. And for them to do this kind of felt out of place. The, the thing that kind of bummed me out about it was I think Jeff sort of set it up as the devs want to... It doesn't want to let you know that they are working hard on it and they have a little update for you. And I think that's kind of how the presentation was worded. And then we see this really, uh, again, amazingly aesthetic sort of view of how the game looks. And this big sort of robot dude hits a dude down and then it's like, oh, we're going to see maybe the dev pop up and say, hey, guys, we're hard at work. Uh, we're, we hope you enjoyed that look. Look forward to more news and blah, blah, blah. And then it just kind of ended there, and then the music popped up. So that was a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, next up, we got Age of Empires 4, October 28th. Uh, yeah, there we go. Heard all about that yesterday. Learned some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Learned a lot yesterday. Uh, we got Valheim, Hearth, and Home, September 16th. Crossfire X, Xbox <laughs> console exclusive, coming soon. <laughs> this, this is another was, game. What the hell? Go for it, Mike. This is one of those. You know, I, I read the comments from our last reacts and the kind of funny X cast of like someone who, you know, we do the X cast X cast prep and the research every single week, right? And you keep tabs on Xbox 
with all of these games that they have promoted and touted to be console exclusive, launch exclusive, right? And we talk about the show, what they showed yesterday, and you look around, you're like, well, if we're going to do a deep dive and show off games that were coming off this year, where are these titles like Scorn, like Crossfire? And it's just wild to think we put them over here with Jeff Keighley. And so even then, we only saw the multiplayer. We did not see anything from Remedy and that kind of campaign as well that we're looking forward to. Scorn, just gone. Just somehow it's just like, hey, it's coming out 2021. You're like, what is happening with Scorn? So this was another wild one of like Xbox showed up with a number of things that they easily and probably should have put it in their own event. But I think they helped Jeff Keighley continue to pad this out and add on some more, more titles for him. And then we got uh, War of Tanks. Um, then we got Genshin Impact. Aloy's coming September 1st, free on PS4 and PS5. There's going to be a Genshin concert October 3rd, 2021. Remember, Blessing download, 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 it. It. download it on PS5. Yeah. During this I, did, I got the notification on my phone. Uh, the download ready to is play. Complete. It is ready to play. When do you think oh, you're actually going to play it, Bless? Oh, you know, that's the magic. When do you think you're actually going to turn it on? Aloy comes out, what? You said September 1st? Oh man, my September was that a Sunday? Um, that's a Wednesday. Oh man, well, Wednesdays, <laughs> Wednesdays, Wednesdays are usually, usually tough for, for you. They're usually yeah. tough for you. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll figure it out. Okay. And then getting back to some really cool stuff: Sifu, PS4, PS5. Uh, it's sixty dollars on PS5, and it is coming February twenty second, twenty twenty two. Hell yeah, can't wait to play that. Uh, Death Stranding director's cut gameplay trailer to essentially close out the show September 24th and we also got the fun announcement that Jeff will be making a cameo in the Muppets Haunted Mansion special coming to Disney Plus <laughs> one more thing that was our one more thing yeah and uh, honestly one of the the lowest points for me of the show was ending with Death Stranding I, I'm a little surprised that they they did that totally understand potential reasons why they did but still kind of a letdown uh, for a game that we already knew about. But I got to say, I'm surprised with the amount of content in this director's cut, especially for it being not that much more expensive for the upgrade. Uh, like we've been seeing so much back and forth over the last couple months about what is or isn't in these PS4 to PS5 upgrades. And are they free? Do they cost money? And from what I understand, $10 gets you this. And there's a lot more than $10 of value there. So pretty cool. Are you guys planning to jump back in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't uh, finish Death Stranding the first time around. I played maybe twenty hours of the game and got to a point where it's like, now walk this distance that is longer than any distance you've walked so far. And I was like, absolutely not. I am not in the mood for this right now. I got to move to San Francisco. Uh, and so I never <laughs> ended up ended up getting back to it. Uh, and so like with with how many things they're putting into it, like how many uh, uh, like walkable robots and fucking racetracks and all the bullshit that they're putting into it, this seems like the perfect opportunity to get back in because. I mean, like Metal Gear Solid, you, you know, they have the standard versions, but then they have subsistence or sub substance or whatever the uh, definitive versions of those are. Yeah, this seems know, to be that know. for Death Stranding, and, you know, it seems to be the superior way to play. And so I want to jump back into it. It looks really cool. I kind of want to fire it up just to see what the hell has happened to my world. It's similar to going back to Animal Crossing and finding out that everybody's dead, you know? Oh, you'll have no it's roads. like booting up Neopets. <laughs> you have to go oh, in there and, knock and go to every one of your roads again and tell them, you know, start building and put the resources in there. No, yeah, but but won't I see stuff that a lot of other players have made? Well, I think it's instanced, right? So it's not like you were yours is a persistent world. I think it would be like since not, I don't know. I honestly, I'm kind of talking out my ass based on what for an, an outdated review guide or whatever from 2019 when we yeah. were doing it. I, I'm kind I of excited to go. I'm kind of excited to go back and just see what the hell has happened. Um, I don't. 
ever plan on playing through that story again. I think I just I think I played that game for way too long. I <laughs> put like near, <laughs> near 80 hours into it. Um, even though it's like a 25 hour campaign, if you mainline it, I feel, um, but yeah, I definitely want to, I'm, I'm excited for bless to hop in and hopefully finish it because I do think that bless will really, really dig all the weird and wacky sort of turns. Cause anything story related in that game, I really dug it. And, um, I'm kind of excited for Mike to at least check it out and see since Mike is kind of getting his uh taste testing of what Ko- the kojima universe is and the way that that man sort of uh conceptually th- thinks of how game design and story meld and all the weird sort of shit that happens i'm excited for mike to sort of check it yeah. out as well that's the thing that i think is super interesting and cool about uh death stranding is the fact that it that game put so many people off at launch because it was doing this thing that was weird and different and like it was kind of hard to grasp in terms of is this fun? Am I enjoying this? Like this is a game that looks like it should be a third person action game or a third person shooter, but it, I'm literally just delivering packages. And I think the way that they balance out, like, hey, you know, we're doing what every other game does, which is we're going to start you off weak, but then power you up over the course of this game and give you all the resources to make delivering things easier. Like that is literally just what action games are, right? Like it is you starting off weak and then over the course of 20 hours or so slowly getting better getting upgrades becoming better at the mechanics and being able to blaze through a thing and i want i, I want to have that experience for death stranding where by the end of the game i'm launching things out of catapults yeah you're and using like, the cargo catapult but also yeah, mid but also mid game bless uh, also mid game you will be playing it like a third person shooter game because that's very much what i did where there are a lot mm-hmm. of enemy encampments and they are holding on to really high uh really valuable resources I'm going to go take this place down. There's three of those guards who have those weapons. There's two of these guards. Let me sneak around. I'm going to stealth kill these dudes, and then I can use my gun to take out the other two. Like, it then becomes a very, in my opinion, a very sort of action stealth uh, uh, third-person like tr- shooter in that, at that point. Yeah, Kojima kind of game. Yeah, I, play, I played some of the sections, too, that were you're in the trenches and you're doing shit that I won't, I won't get into detail sneaking around other like yeah the enemies can get kind of freaky as well like i had a, yeah. i had a good time with that game i can't wait to see how this game looks on ps5 too like, yeah. that's a game that on ps4 i thought looked really good it has both it has that that magic combo of good arc direction but then also it has a good engine that uh runs it with really good graphics and when you have that sweet spot oh my god like a game can look really good and so on ps5 i really want to see how that game looks any closing thoughts guys Jeff, great job. Really continue to elevate this, continue to do a good job. I think you see a massive improvement ever over everything he's done so far and to continue to work with others and bring in to make this one all-encompassing opening night live or opening ceremony for certain events is really, really something special. And I look forward to seeing what he does in December with the Game Awards. But for right now, walking out of this, another great one. This was well worth our time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let us know in the comments below what you thought about 2021's Gamescom opening night live and what you expect to see at the Game Awards. I'm kind of interested in building the hype for that now. Uh, But till next time, I love you all. Goodbye.